Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim White, and we're broadcasting live from the beautiful Portola Hotel and Spa in Monterey, California, on Saturday, November the 5th, 2011. This is a remote location to broadcast. So anytime you do a remote location broadcast, you hold your breath and all the technology holds together. So bear with us. And but I think we're 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 good. Like I said, we're broadcasting from the 64th annual uh, Far West Equipment Dealers Association uh, meeting in the, in the beautiful Salinas Valley. And we got a fantastic show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just, I'm, I've been looking forward to this show for a number of weeks now. Uh, the topic of the show is, you look on the show page, I, I termed three C's of NYPD. And what is that? It's uh, New York Police Department's uh, uh, definition of crime fighting, uh, counterterrorism, and community relations. And we have an expert. Uh, with us today that's going to spend two segments uh, at the bottom of the hour. We'll conclude the interview. And uh, he's a deputy inspector, Amin Kassim. Amin is the uh, deputy inspector, as I said, in the Community Affairs Bureau running special projects. Uh, some of their special projects, as you'll find out as we get into the show, has been recently uh, aired uh, by 60 Minutes and CNN and other great things. So it just goes to show you the quality of the programs that Inspector Cassine is running uh, throughout the in New York uh, City Police Department. Like I said, he's running the special projects, uh, community outreach and training. He is a 23-year veteran of the New York City Police Department. Uh, I mean, he started his career as a pro, pro, uh, patrol, excuse me, patrol, if I could talk this morning, officer on the streets of New York City, followed by a stint working in narcotics as a sergeant. He worked with the attorney general's office and then, uh, as he likes to say, tried his hand at teaching at the police academy. And I think he did more than try. I think he probably hit it out of the ball. He was then... Uh, tasked uh, with running the evidence collection team, kind of it's a mini crime scene uh, unit, if you will. Upon promotion to lieutenant, he was a an investigative supervisor in charge of internal police investigations, such as fire, firearm discharges. He then returned to the police academy 
and ran the leadership development section responsible for training all middle management and executives within the New York Police Department. Captain was next on his uh, journey and went into the crime and traffic, uh, and that, as he says, became his life, <laughs> the life of Comstat, and I want to learn more about that when we get uh, Inspector uh, Casino on, uh, on live. And uh, traffic stat prepares, which he said, prepares one for the rigors, and I love that word, rigors, of doing more with less. And that's certainly our challenge today, right? Doing more with less. Amin then got a phone call from an old boss of his asking if he could come and help out by working at the Community Affairs Bureau. Initially, uh, Amin ran the youth programs for the city of New York, such uh, which included the uh, Police Athletics League, DARE, uh, great program, and we're going to learn more about the uh, that program, the Police Explorers, and the Youth Police Academy. After reorganizing youth services, Amin was asked to take charge of special projects and community outreach and training. It was during this tenure, this time, that Amin was promoted to uh, his current rank of deputy inspector. He works with special projects, which include all community-related programs for the city of New York, such as clergy, liaison, citizens on patrol, block watchers, community partnership programs, and sports programs, specifically soccer and cricket, the latter of which we're going to learn a lot about today. He is also responsible for responding to any community unrest which arises within the city. And he is absolutely passionate about what he does. So, Amin, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. I tell you, uh, it is my pleasure, sir. What a wonderful resume and uh I know the first time we chatted, uh, one thing that really grabbed me, uh, and I use the term heart a lot by the heart, was your passion for what you do. And uh, it's just set the stage uh, for our audience. And like I said, I I use the word three C's, the crime fighting, the counterterrorism, and the community relations. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about these, uh, I mean, this program uh, that's got so much uh, well-deserved uh, accolades, uh, like I said, that recent piece on 60 Minutes and CNN. So uh, let's just have a conversation here and uh, tell the world about uh, how you, how this thing came about and, and what it's all doing and how we measure it. And uh, so uh, tell, tell us about the uh, uh, the program, especially from the cricket thing that you're doing. So, but just just set the foundation. Tell us about what you sure, guys are sure. doing. Well, to, start, yeah. to start off, we have the three C's, like you mentioned, which is crime fighting, uh, counterterrorism, community relations, right. and they're all tied into one. Uh, to reduce crime, you need community relations because if the community doesn't help you in providing information on who committed those crimes, you're not going to get it to happen. Uh, the same thing with counterterrorism. 
you need good community relations because if there's something amiss in the community, who better to tell you than the people who live and work in that community? So the three C's are tied together, uh, especially mm-hmm. since 9-11, uh, mm-hmm. our counterterrorism efforts, uh, whether locally or through government, have really risen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at the new national strategy for counterterrorism, which came out this year with the Obama administration, uh, which urges the empowerment of local partners to prevent violent extremism in the U.S. And to do that, it requires cooperation and engagement on all levels of government to develop counter-radicalization strategies effectively. So we look at that, and it's more on the local level that can deal with this more than on a government level, even though the government realizes the importance and is trying to get involved now. Um, we are dealing locally with the communities, especially the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, when you live within that community, you're in a position to become aware of any unusual activity that's occurring in your own neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem is uh, members of that community uh, may feel... Uh, some barriers such as communication, discrimination. Uh, They immigrate uh, from overseas and they're not comfortable with the police because the police were corrupt where they've come from. Uh, And they become involved in situations where they might not have been open to radicalization prior, but when they come here, because of uh, these barriers, they might become open to it. So Mm. what we need to do is we realize that the communities are not our problem. And, and some people will try to point to the community and say, hey, they're not helping us enough. Well, th- well, the reason is they need to feel comfortable with us. They need to feel that rapport with us where they're open to speaking to us because in the long term, the communities are the solution. And that's what we need to realize, especially with the rise of homegrown terrorism because the homegrown terrorism is people that are, that are living, working, eating, shopping, socializing uh, alongside other people within our communities. And, and that front line of intelligence can come to us if we have that rapport with the community. I tell you, I, I'm just so uh, taken uh, back by the approach of uh, and going out and being proactive in the community. And what I heard you say, I mean, it all comes back to trust, does it not? Trust. Building that trust. It's all about Yes. And, and the time to build the trust is when there are no issues. Um, right. If we have a problem, right. you, you don't go to the community once you have the problem because the community knows you there because of the problem. Um, yeah. You have to build trust when all is calm because that way, when there is a problem, you can go into that community now and that community is going to trust you because you've built the trust prior. You just come to people when there's a problem. They're going to they're gonna know there's, there's other reasons you're there. You're not there because you're there for their well-being. You're there to just uh, try to find information from them, and that's not the way to deal with communities. And, and this goes with, with anything, not just about counterterrorism, but with crime, uh, mm-hmm. with quality of life issues. You know, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. deal with issues within the community, you talk about community policing, community-orientated policing, problem-solving. It's all about developing rapports with communities. Mm. I mean, when did the New York Police Department, um, was it post 9-11 that got you guys really involved in this? Or you had this thing mission prior to 9-11? Because it's really picked up a lot of momentum of what you guys are doing there in New York City. Yes. uh, We've had a vibrant community policing 
uh, police department uh, pre-9-11, but the problem was we weren't reaching all the new immigrant communities. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, post-9-11 is when we formed a new immigrant outreach unit, mm-hmm. uh, which we started dealing with these new immigrant communities. And, and the secret to that was to bring in offices uh, of certain descent. So we brought in offices from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. We brought in offices from Egypt, from Yemen. Um, and by doing that, they went out into these new immigrant communities because, number one, they understood the customs, their traditions. Right. They right. had to speak the language. They came from those communities. They lived in those communities. So they garnered respect right from the get-go. And that's right. important in itself because... When you're dealing with certain communities, whether it be South Asian, Arab, whether it be Hispanic, whatever it might be, if you go in there with people that understand those customs, that live in those communities, that speak the language, they're going to be able to develop a rapport much quicker than anyone else. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. I I couldn't agree with you more. What uh, the funding for this, I mean, look at the, I mean, the cricket league. Well, how many how many leagues do you have now? What are you a hundred and something? Did I have? How, well, what's well, the level of bomb? We started the NYPD cricket league uh, four years ago. This is okay. our fourth year we completed it. Okay. And every year we have we we play in Brooklyn. We play in Queens, which is two of the boroughs out of the city, because uh, right. that's uh, primarily where those communities uh, reside. Mm-hmm. And we have over 200 kids, uh, 12 teams that that participate in our league. And actually, we have more kids that want to join. It's just because of resources, it's very difficult uh, because cricket is such a long game to play to, to get more right. teams going. Right. Um, cricket itself, if you know anything about the game, uh, a regular cricket game takes days to complete. Uh, we play a format called twenty which is a shortened version, which takes uh, approximately three hours to play. But we play two games a day, twice a week. Um, so the resources of picking those kids up, bringing them up to the field, playing the games and bringing them back is, is a whole day affair. So right. It's not that simple. Right. It's a How whole about, day where's affair. The fun, where's the funding coming from to support these things? Is it from the budget or outside donations or foundations? or how, how do you, How's the funding for this? Uh, the funding for our league comes from our police foundation, which is I a see. nonprofit organization which raises money for us. Mm-hmm. 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 They assist us uh, with the funding and the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, uh, other departments looking to emulate, to do what we're doing, um, you can go to nonprofits, you can go to volunteers in the community. There's a lot of organizations that are going to want to help you deal with communities, and, and that's the answer, because we all know police departments don't have the budgets, especially right. they don't have resources the NYPD has, naturally. Right, right, right. Yeah, you guys are the, uh, I mean, you guys are the shining example worldwide for your police department. There's no question about that. Um any measures in place, and where I'm going with this, okay, we've been four years specifically uh, into cricket in the league, and like I said, you bring in the, from the police officers, what culture, and building that trust. Was there a baseline in place, or can we measure the, uh, what am I looking for, for the decrease in crime? Uh, what What's the measure to say this thing is successful? Well, to me, measuring it 
is the reaction you get from community and from the kids involved. Right. Uh, the leagues themselves deal with youth from ages 14 through 19. Mm-hmm. And what we try and do is once that kid hits 19 and he can no, no longer play, because we also have a, a soccer league within the Arab community, once he can right. no longer play, we try to get that, that young man to become a mentor or a coach for the teams so we can keep that contact, uh, we can keep that rapport and keep it going. And naturally, we try to also get these youth to join the police department or join some type of law enforcement agency. Uh, It's also a recruitment tool for us because Mm -hmm. we need people Mm. to join our department and understand the language and the customs in those communities. Uh, It's an important piece of law enforcement. So not only is it bringing information in, but it's also securing our police department for the future. Uh, because we have a very diverse police department, uh, thank goodness, but we need to, to diverse it even more and to bring in more people that understand these customs and these languages. Boy. So that's an important piece of it. I love that. I just got chills when I heard about it because I that vision. Um, have we had any of the young men or women uh, hit 19 and that's actually moved into the academy? Well, you, you have to you have to be 21 to to get into the academy now. But yes, what we've done is Actually. we've gotten them into. We have other youth programs. For instance, you okay. mentioned the police explorers. Right, um, right. We have the so we try to do is we get them into these other programs. Uh, we try to get them into the cadet corps, and there have been from four years ago some of those kids that have been involved in our league have joined the department. So it has been successful. And once again, this is a long-term project. Anything right. you do with community relations is about a long-term project because in the short term, you can talk all you want about intelligence uh, right, right. as far as bringing intelligence in. But dealing with community relations is a long-term project, and that's when you'll see results over the long term. Uh, the government sees it. Like I said, the uh, national strategy talked about it. Uh, The National Counterterrorism Center uh, recently came out with a community awareness briefing. Now, when when a terrorism center with the government comes out with a community awareness briefing, that shows you how important it is uh, when the government is realizing this is what we need to do. We need to talk to communities. uh, We need to put ourselves in communities. We need to open the door for them and have a a two-way street as far as uh, uh, sharing information. Hmm. I, I tell you. Um, other departments around the country, uh, have they picked up the phone and say, hey, uh, you think this will work in my community? Uh, and the thing that uh, comes to mind, yes. yeah, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, other departments do reach out to me. Uh, I talk with uh, the LAPD and the LA Sheriff's Office, and they're very uh, focused on community relations as well. Um, you have a couple of key people over there. They truly believe in it. And, and I think a lot of small departments would love to be able to do this. So I think there's there's some type of template for people to look at, and, mm-hmm. and even on a small level. And this can tie into any community. Uh, it doesn't just have to be about counterterrorism. It could be about uh, fighting crimes or, or gang relations. Right, 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 uh, right. Right. So you can tie it in. I mean, obviously you have to formulate the plan a little different, but the character, as I put it, uh, in most of these communities is the youth. And you've got to get the youth 
involved. And, and to get the kids involved, it's usually through sports. Sports is the number one way to get kids involved. Uh, I just did a, uh, a presentation the other day. We had uh, the entire executive staff uh, from the police and the Ministry of Defense from, uh, from China here. Uh, mm, and mm. I spoke to them. And, you know, they're having the same type of problems. They're having the, the counter-radicalization problems, the gang problems. And when I spoke to them about some of the programs, they, you know, these are some of the things they weren't aware of. Uh, so I'm sharing some information with them. So it's interesting when you speak to people from overseas about what they're doing to combat these things. And, and I think, you know, being in New York City, I think we're on the forefront I think uh, we're more thinking out of the box as much as we can. And you have to have the right people involved. And if you're not passionate about what you want to do, you'll never be successful at no matter what uh, what type of living you're trying to make. <laughs> i tell you what. Uh, amen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you got to have that uh, you got to have that passion. Um uh, in the well, you know the area, uh, in Monterey uh, Peninsula area, because you were here when you went through the uh, Homeland uh, Defense and Security here at the Naval Postgraduate School, right? You spent some time here on the peninsula. Yes, I, I spent uh, 18 months back and forth through New York and Monterey uh, with the Naval Postgraduate School, which I just completed uh, several months ago. Actually, I just graduated. And I wrote my master's thesis on best practices uh, to counter radicalization, both in the United States as well as abroad. So I did quite a quite a bit of research, quite a bit of reading. Uh, it was a very challenging experience, but a very enjoyable one as well. Yeah, and I I read that uh, you know, your paper, and uh, I mean what you what you sent me, and it's it's it, it's great. Where could our audience uh, any website? Repository. Uh, people wanted to read your thesis. Uh, could they do that? Is it located any place that the public could access? It's actually located on at the Naval Postgraduate School, right on the website. Uh, okay. If you plug in my name, or if you plug in the title, it'll come up. It's uh, it's open source material, so okay. anyone can view it, download it, read it for their enjoyment. And and if they have any questions, my email information is on there. They can always get in touch with me. Okay, great. I mean, we got to get in a uh, short break, but when we come back from the break, I want to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, your thesis um, and 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 how uh, private business, if they, if they recognize that it's good for business to have community policing, and so when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk a little bit about that if we may. Sounds good. Okay, we'll be back in 46 seconds. This segment is brought to you by 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. 12 O'Clock High is one of the undisputed best movie classics of all time. It is also one of the best business learning tools available. The movie rated number one by top executives for its influence on their management style. Now, the inspiration of the 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit, an innovative one-day event and 30-day follow-up where you will quickly see what's working and not working on the front lines of your company and in your own leadership style. Learn more at 12high.com. That's 12high.com. Okay, thank you. And we're back with... uh, uh, 
Amin Kassin, the uh, New York uh, City Police Department, and we're talking about uh, his thesis and uh, the and what's the name of the thesis again, please? The, the thesis was best practices to counter radicalization. Uh, through the United States as well as abroad. So what I did is I looked at what we did in the United States, New York, mm -hmm. uh, LAPD, LA Sheriff's Department. I also looked at overseas what we've done uh, in the UK, uh, the Netherlands, and Amsterdam. And I came up with some, uh, some good policies which I think should be implemented uh, throughout uh, to counter radicalization or countering violent extremism, as uh, DHS puts it. Hmm. How about private sector businesses? Have they, you know, anyone, big, small, whatever, from a business sector? Has anybody uh, sent you an email or picked up the phone and said, uh, Inspector, uh, how can this help our business? Is this good for business? And you see where I'm going with it? That question makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, with businesses, as far as uh, counterterrorism itself goes, we actually have a program called NYPD Shield, mm -hmm. um, and that's directly with the private sector. It's security and counterterrorism, uh, public-private partnerships. And if you go to the website and you can just uh, put in NYPD Shield, uh, it provides best practices, it provides lessons learned, it provides counterterrorism training, and it provides information sharing. And they will actually, once you sign up, send you emails whenever there's an event anywhere, whether it's uh, abroad or domestically, uh, to give you an update on what's going on. And we actually hold events in New York where we actually call members of the SHIELD in, uh, those security directors, and give them updates. Uh, pretty, uh, I would say, on uh, every three or four months, we'll call them into one police plaza and speak to them. So we try to stay in touch with our uh, private sectors because uh, they're they're an important piece. You know, we we talk about policing itself today. We talk about doing more with less, and we need the help of other agencies and the private sector to make that happen. And when you deal with communities, communities uh, to be resilient and to be safe, they have more concerns than just what the police department can do for them. Uh, they they have education problems. Uh, right. They have some social. Problems. Uh, they could have a problem with an elderly person, uh, with a building, uh, with, uh, with politicians. Uh, and they need this information. So part of, I think, our job as, as a police department is to reach out to those other agencies and to form t some type of uh, fair, maybe a health fair, to bring people in to show them what we have, or to, to form some type of presentation where we bring those other agencies in and mm -hmm. we need support from the private sector because the private sector can help us fund these things because a lot of right. times they can be expensive to run. And the private sector gets the is going to get involved for a number of reasons. Number one, it keeps them safe. Um, if right, you're, right, right. Uh -huh. uh, look at counterterrorism. You want to keep your building in Midtown Manhattan safe. Uh, you're hiring a lot of people from new immigrant, new immigrant communities in different positions. You know from from the person cleaning the floor to the vice president of the company uh, can be from overseas. And those people have the same issues when it comes to dealing, uh, having to work within their families to, to live safe and prosperous. So we need to offer people those resources, uh, the information they might need to feel comfortable here, to assimilate here. 
And, and that's a big piece of it because if people don't feel comfortable here, then they might listen to what's on that Internet. They might, you know, get involved with the wrong group of people because they just don't feel like they're part of our host society. Right, right, right. You know, when we were chatting offline uh, some, some days ago, it also struck me uh, and, and when you said, you are the highest ranking fill-in-the-blank. Highest ranking within the New York Police Department. Yeah. I'm the highest ranking Arab American within right. the police department. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. And uh, I try to mentor uh, yep. other Arab officers, uh, explain to them what they need to do to be successful. And to be successful, you just need to work hard and, and believe what you want to do and be passionate about it. And, and luckily, you know what, uh, through my years in the police department, I, yeah. I haven't had uh, – have one bad position. I love what I do. I would never change it. I'm very lucky and fortunate to be where I'm at. And uh, and luckily, you know, the other part of what I do is you have to have buy-in from the top. Right. And the police commissioner truly believes in the mission and is there. And even, you know, we talk about the cricket games. The police right. commissioner will come out to the cricket games uh, to kick it off for the final game. He hands the trophy to the kids. Uh, he'll talk to the families. He'll take photos with everyone. And he loves to be out there. And, and when you see that buy-in, yeah. uh, the community sees it. You know, when, when someone like Police Commissioner Kelly can come out to these events and make time in his schedule, and trust me, has a very busy schedule, uh, yeah. it shows the community he cares. And that's an important integral piece as well. You've got to have buy-in from the top. Um, I, I agree. And I've watched some of the uh, pieces and clips from the different you know, 60 Minutes and CNN and other things. And you can see he loves the program. And like I said, it uh, takes him. And uh, how, how about uh, Mayor uh, Bloomberg? Is he is he getting involved in this thing? I mean, because he's pretty hands on in New York City, right? And Mayor, Mayor Bloomberg is, is just as busy as the police commissioner. He's aware of it. In fact, uh, they run a, a mayor's. Cup Cricket League, believe it or not. Ah, right. Last year, he actually invited us to Gracie Mansion, where he had a, mm-hmm. a party for his Winners Cup, which is different than our league, but we brought our kids down, our winners down. Um, and he took photos with all the kids, and it was a wonderful experience. So he's aware of what we do as well, and he's in full support. Yeah, I tell you, I, I love what he's done with that uh, city, and I tell you what, I love what you're doing. Uh, I have a lot of respect for your passion and your work. Uh, also for the commissioner and everybody at the New York uh, Police Department. I mean, what what a shining example you guys are. And are we going to go any other place in the United, in the United States that has any more diversity in New York City? <laughs> if it is, I don't know where it is. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that we can uh, we can learn from the, those communities. We have about 30 seconds left. See how fast this 30 minutes went? You know, it, it just uh, uh, goes very, very rapidly. You're going to be back on my TV show on November the 14th, and uh, we're going to be live via Skype. You're going to have a segment, and also in the studio, I'm going to have uh, Glenn Woodbury from the uh, Naval Postgraduate School and uh, Heather Isrun and yourself and and uh, we're going to have another topic on this, and it's just a few days away. So I just tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing, and I want the world to hear and, and more awareness. And 
we got to figure out a way to get the New York Police Department to loan you, and you need to get on the airplane, in my opinion, go around the world and sh- share this news, right? I, I would love to do that. I would love to be able to assist and help. And uh, like I said, I'm very passionate about this and truly believe in it, and I know it's our future. Right, it is. I mean, thank you so much. I I I really appreciate it and looking forward to talking to you again at, uh, on the 14th of uh, November on our uh, television show. And uh, uh, we have a series of uh, both on the radio and on the television uh, to bring awareness. And this is what our program is all about. We, we, we just bring awareness. Uh, there's no slant one way or the other. Uh, there's no spin on it. It's just uh, let people know uh, on the front lines of all the hardworking, dedicated people from all walks of life, uh, and 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 to understand that law enforcement is not your enemy; <laughs> they're your friend, and and that's a that's a big hurdle to overcome a lot of times. It is not. That is true. That is true. Well, law enforcement is not just crime fighting. It's a lot yep. more than that. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, thank you for taking time away from your family to share uh, with our audience today. And like I said, uh, our broadcast, uh, you're going to be interested in this, but 21% of our uh, listeners is uh, we've got a Middle East audience, and it continues to build. So I'm very proud of that. So it was a pleasure to have you on, and uh, you have a great weekend. And I will talk to you on the 14th of November on the TV show. Great. Thank you, Jim. My pleasure. You have a great weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to – you're welcome, sir. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the economy, uh, updates there. I'm going to share with you uh, uh, the reason we are broadcasting remotely uh, today, and uh, we're, we're going to be back after about 53 seconds. So be right back. This segment is brought to you by What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course. Looking for clarity of purpose? What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course can help you define your goals and vision. Start living your life on purpose. Living on purpose is about joy. Living on purpose is about intention. Living on purpose is about personal transformation and continued growth. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 helps you address finances, relationships, spiritual growth, physical and mental health. You'll reclaim your personal power and get your life on track to attain true success. Learn more at whatsmypurpose.com. We're back. What a fantastic guest. Uh, I mean... Is he full of passion? <laughs> I love that. Uh, he's full of passion, big heart, great job that the New York City Police Department is doing, and they are a shining example of, uh, for, for the rest of us. So we're going to talk about in the next segment uh, briefly um, about uh, uh, the economy. Uh, if you've been watching the uh, uh any of the news reports, which is <laughs> how can you miss it, right? Uh, the continuing debt crisis in Europe and uh, 
uh, how that affects the United States and the rest of the, the rest of the world. Uh, the recent unemployment numbers came in. You know, I think they're sitting there down a little bit to about nine percent. Uh, but we we still have over 13 million, uh, depending on the number of people unemployed. And uh, for our regular listeners and for you that's tuning in for the first time, uh, for the past several weeks we've been doing a uh, series on, uh, on on the funding and for the construction industry and the ag industry, uh, all walks of life and, and with one one focus in mind. Uh, keep the pressure on our elected officials. Um, it's remember uh, the reason you're elected, uh, and that is to represent the people and to uh, come together, uh, not only from both uh, both houses, uh, but from the administration as well. Uh, and then as we trickle down into the states and the cities and all of the other municipalities, uh, knowing that we have a responsibility to our, to our community and, and so do our business leaders uh, to help create jobs and uh, make reinvestment, reinvestment, reinvestment. I'm still disturbed a little bit about uh, the amount of excess cash that uh, corporate America is setting on. Even though I understand it to a degree, and I understand it because there is uncertainty and fear uh, uh, abounds uh, as we come into the 2012 election cycle. Uh, I mean, and, and God, if you're paying attention to uh, this whole Republican side, and you know, and I'm not uh, promoting either party. I don't care what you call yourself. I just want the best uh, individual, male or female. I don't care <laughs> what your color the skin is. It doesn't matter. We just need the best person for the job to uh, have the courage to make the tough decisions and to lead. We are missing our leadership. You've heard me say that over and over and over. We need leaders from every corner of the earth. We need leaders that understand these programs that uh, that the New York Police Department is doing and 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 and, and other police departments. Last week uh, we we had another great guest that was on was talking about uh, domestic terrorism and anarchy, right? Uh Chuck Kilby uh from uh, Eugene, Oregon. Uh so it's it's important we cannot separate uh security uh, freedoms uh, and and economics uh, they all come together but the thing that we got to make sure that we're doing is everything possible to keep people employed and uh, as um, Amin was sharing uh, going out into the community and the community can be uh, your uh, your marketplace uh, from from business side, from the uh, from the public side, your community, and uh, understanding the needs of, of the people, listening to them, communicating, uh, and developing that trust. Uh, I have my friend uh, Stephen M. R. Covey and uh, his partner Greg Link. Uh, they're in the process of uh, releasing another book, and I'm going to keep the name on it. And uh, I think you've heard me speak. Uh, uh, their book that's been out for some time called The Speed of Trust, and I'm such a supporter of that work. 
because uh, with through our consulting practice, uh, we have always been very fascinated to be able to measure and track uh, trust uh, and, and how that impacts the bottom line or the value uh, and the stock price. Um, so it is trust uh, that's very, very critical. So I'm looking forward. Uh, I know he's going to release his book in January 2012. We're going to have him on the, our television show, so uh, I, I just want to uh, bring that up. And it's, and it's a great support of what uh, uh, Inspector Kasim was saying about building trust within the communities. So it's all across the board, building trust with your employees, your spouse, your friends, your partners, community. It's all about trust, trust, trust. So uh, it's it's just uh, it's just a big deal, and I I really appreciate everybody and that's involved in that. Now I want to talk to you uh, about our, uh, our our remote our remote location. I want I want to share with you uh, a little bit about. Uh, 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 about the uh, Far West Equipment Dealership and the association uh, and, and, and what we're doing here at the association. And, uh, okay, we have a guest coming in, and what we're going to do is uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's great here. So what we're going to do is uh, take a quick break, and we're going to come back with a, uh, with, 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 with a guest, and uh, we're going we're to chat just uh, 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 briefly about uh, his business and uh, and uh, what the uh, uh, association is doing here uh, at their convention. So we'll be right back. This segment is brought to you by Circle of Success, a dynamic, year-long, intensive management and leadership development process designed to help individuals and organizations reach their goals quickly. A customized process addressing specific needs and identifying the critical opportunities particular to the individual and organization with results measured in increased revenue, increased net profits, and increased equity. The Circle of Success inspiring excellence in people at jlwhiteinternational.com slash circles. Sorry, we had dead air here for a moment, folks. Uh, thank you so much uh, for hanging in there. Uh, we're going to do a another segment uh, uh, at the top of the hour as well. Uh, so I, I really, really appreciate uh, your, your hanging in with me this morning. Like I said, we are broadcasting live from the uh, beautiful um, uh, Portola Hotel and Spa in uh, Monterey, California. And I want to thank the general manager and uh, all the – and Philip, uh, uh, if you're listening, I, I want to thank you for your support and your hospitality and I also want to reach out and say thank you to the uh, uh, executive director and all the staff at our West Equipment Dealers for providing such a wonderful space for our remote location today. Like I said at the t top of the hour, we're going to come back with a uh, another segment, and uh, we're, we're going to actually uh, talk to a, uh, a principal, and we're going to talk about the ag industry and the outlook and uh, 
And people say, wow, ag industry, that's exciting. Yeah, that is is exciting uh, because the need for food and food safety and production and uh, in the Salinas Valley, I mean, ag accounts for over four Four billion. It's a four billion dollar industry in our Salinas Valley, California. So, I'm going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back with you uh, to wrap up the, the show for today. And uh, before I go, before I go to break, uh, I, I, I want to give you a website that I'd like for you to uh, go take a look at, and it is JLWCOS dot TV. Uh, that's the site for our new television show. And like I said, we're premiering our one-hour talk show live on KYMB TV, Comcast Channel 19. And we're going to be streaming live uh, through JLWCOS.TV to over 200 countries. And I am so excited about that. And the mission of the show is to inspire and to educate uh, and and to uh, give you as individuals and organization tools that you can use every day when the show is over to go out and make your life and your business better, every how you want to define that, but in a positive way. We're going to bring guests from all walks of life from the community. We're going to have compelling stories we're going to have a um, uh, guest that's going to make you laugh and uh, cry, and, uh, and and we're going to have uh, gurus from health, and uh, we're going to have um, uh, technology. We're going to look at technology. We're going to look at um, life's trials and tribulations. Uh, we're going to have business leaders. We're going to have uh, uh, current and world affairs that we're going to be addressing. Uh, we're going to um, just have just have what I think is a very exciting show. And obviously, you're saying, Jim, you're biased. Yes, I am. Uh, but I'm very excited about it. We got a, a wonderful, wonderful team uh, in the broadcast company, Coca-Cola uh, Broadcasting, uh, our friends there with KYMB-TV. And uh, so we're very excited to to announce that. And once again, uh, go to the website, jlwcos.tv. Take a look at our uh, guests and all the other great stuff we have there. So we're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to come back. And we're going to um, uh, conclude the show for today. And uh, and then, if you're interested, at the top of the hour, we're going to we're going to do an, uh, some more segments where we're going to do some live interviews with uh, some very uh, inspirational folks here from the uh, 64th uh, uh, convention for the Far West Equipment Dealers. So, uh, hang in there. Take another break, and we'll be right back. I get the studio. Like I said, this is live radio, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, here we go. Inspiring excellence in people. You're listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio with your host, Jim White. Now back to our show. Okay, thank you. We're back. I want to conclude today's show 
just to throw out, uh, and these are going to be some numbers, and I know sometimes it gets a little boring here's, just hearing numbers, uh, but every time, uh, I, you know, or I should say every morning when I wake up, I'm asking myself, what can I do today to make it a better day for me and everybody around me, my clients, my listeners, my viewers on the TV show, and so on. So I just want to leave you with some very important facts about small business and small businesses impact on the U.S. economy. Sometimes we think that we have these mega corporations, and I'm about to get myself in trouble, uh, but we got all these mega corporations, and, uh, uh, you know, tax reform is a, a need and a very complex subject, but it's something that we're going to be addressing in, in the shows and weeks to come. However, my point is this. A lot of the major corporations, they don't pay any tax or support this, so uh, small business. And you realize that 99% of all employers represent small business, right? 99.7% uh, of all employer firms are small business. That's a big deal. And they employ over half of all private sector employees. That's a big deal. And they pay 44% of the total U.S. private payroll. Another big deal. They have generated 64% of the net, that's the, that's the operative word, net new jobs over the past 15 years. They have created more than half of the non-farm private gross domestic product and they hire 40% of the high-tech workers. These numbers are significant. And why are they significant? It goes to the point that you, as listeners and the viewers of both the television show and the radio show, that you need to have consistent pressure on all your representatives to say, we've got to... Uh, refine some of the regulations. Uh, we've got to get long-term funding in place, and we've got to create, uh, continue to do innovation. We've got to be consciously aware of uh, of, of, of innovation and, and 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 start building stuff again. So this this is a big deal. Now it's also very interesting. Fifty fifty two percent, excuse me, are or by, and 2% are by franchises or home businesses. So uh, with the advent of the Internet today, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do, and especially uh, you folks that are, are, are out there pounding the pavement every day, trying to find employment. Uh, uh, I'd encourage you to, but with caution, uh, don't get sucked into some of these Internet quick get rich type of schemes, which is just absolutely horrible in my mind. <clears throat> but what I'm saying, uh, there's a lot of resources available to you. And a lot of those resources you can find on our websites, all, all of our websites, and, uh, uh, and especially uh, JLWCOS.TV, JLWCOS.TV, a lot of resources you can find there. Now, 
Also, small business produce 13 times more patents per employee than large patenting firms. So once again, small business, it's important. It's important. Now, the definition of small business, it, it varies. I mean, small business, some gets $500 million, okay, but that's not the norm. So I, I just wanted to reach out and, and, and give my support uh, to all the small businesses, and this is one thing that the uh, uh, Portola uh, Hotel and Spa, uh, they're very much involved in the community and uh, reach out with different uh, programs. So once again, I want to sh uh, give a big thanks to those those people. So next week um, we have another 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 exciting guest uh, going to be on the show, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, Mexico, uh, the border. Uh, we're gonna we're going to drill down on the drug cartel, arms, and all of that. So we got another exciting show for you scheduled next week. Now, uh, once again, um, if you have any show suggestions, uh, anything, uh, go to the website, and I'm giving it out a thousand times, but you can never give it out enough. JLWCOS.tv. Uh, and uh, make your suggestions there. So this is our show for today. Uh, we've uh, a few minutes, a few minutes early, but like I said, we are in a remote location and a remote broadcast, and that's okay. When you're through, you're through. I want to thank all of our listeners around the world. Our our listener base is increasing by the week, and I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your support. And also, uh, for your listeners, we, we're, we're creating and, and we have the final pieces on a wonderful promotional and advertising package that we're going to be offering uh, our businesses and individuals to advertise both on the, uh, uh, the television show, on our radio show, and our different websites. So, and so we've got some very creative stuff that we're going to be rolling out uh, to you very, very shortly. So, once again... I want to thank uh, Jess, uh, Amin Kassim, uh New York Police Department, for all of the great work that they're doing and for spending some time with us today. Until next week, uh, this is uh, Jim White saying thank you, make it a great day, and I will talk to you next week. You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.